That's the one. Shalom. This is the Hebrew word for peace. It's one of those words that can be used as a greeting. Shalom. Here they're good, bye, or hello. It can uh, be used as a prayer in itself. In the word, the word shalom, we use it as the word peace, but it has more than just like, we, when we think of peace in our English, right, you think of not fighting. That's, that's kind of what peace means to us. Either that or a piece of chocolate cake. But uh, <laughs> peace usually means, in our way, not fighting. But that's not what the Hebrew word here. The Hebrew word shalom has this idea behind it of completeness. We're at peace. We're at completeness. Our, our relationship is whole. It is complete, whether that be peace in ourselves, ourselves, we're content, is another word that we like to use for that. We're content. Or our relationship, if we're with someone else, or our relationship is whole, it's moving forward, it's complete. The Greek word is irene. And um, in, in the Greek, this is a state of tranquility. It's more about, because the Greeks were all about inner, you know, wisdom and, and inner. So when they use this word, it's more about your inner, your inner uh, being of being tranquil within yourself. And if that, and of course, according to the Greek thought, if, if you're tranquil within yourself, then you'll be tranquil with the people around you. But it also carries that same idea of complete. In the Bible, in the New Testament, it uses that idea that I am complete in Christ, that I am assured in his promises, therefore I have peace that comes from God. A promise of his salvation, a promise of my needs being, not my wants, but my needs being met. Of course, it's amazing how little we actually need to survive, right? <laughs> you know? A little bit of shelter, a little bit of food, a little bit of water. It's not a lot. But your needs will be met. Promises of life. A life to its fullest. It's the idea here is I am complete in Christ. Therefore, I am content in my situation in life. No matter what that may be. Whether I'm rich or I'm poor or I'm persecuted or free or a slave or hurting or blind or whatever, I am complete in Christ. Now that doesn't mean that you don't try to better yourself or better your situation. Strive for something more doesn't mean you, well, I'm content, therefore I'm not going to go get an education so I can get a better job. That's not what that means. It means I am complete in Christ. And that wherever I find myself, I am content. I am at peace. What the word peace in the New Testament is not... Um, John 14, 27, peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you, I give you to you as, as I, I bleh, 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 bleh. sound like Porky the Pig up here. All right, that's all. Um, I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In this passage, he's saying I give you peace that's not like the world's peace. 
Now, in the context of this passage, he's, he's in the Roman world, and Rome has issued a set of rules enforced by military might to keep the peace through force. And Jesus in this passage is saying, I'm not going to give you that kind of peace. Not the kind of peace where it comes to you by you follow these rules or else. Though some of us have turned Christianity into that. But that's not peace. They had what's called the Pax Romana. You can follow these rules, you can live your life this way, but as long as you did not disturb the peace, if you had to destroy the disturb the peace, then the Roman government is going to come in and destroy your town. And that's what happens to Jerusalem in AD 70. Is the Christians and the Jews, the Jews get uppity and they break the Roman peace. They try to overthrow the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire comes in and destroys them. Of course, we don't have the Pax Romana anymore. We have the Pax Romana Hircana, where we, as our American, uses our government to ensure peace across the United States. We're the Rome in this situation. How does that make you feel? That's not the peace Jesus is talking about. He says, I'm going to bring you peace. That's a wholeness. It's not brought to you by force. It's brought to you through the blessing, the love of God, the promises of God. It comes through love. And it provides joy. Ooh, those are other fruits of the Spirit, aren't they? On the other hand, peace is not being a wimp. I know the Bible says in Romans 12, 18, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That means you don't have to like someone. You just have to not actively hate them and try to destroy them. Don't be arguing with them all the time. Don't be fighting with them all the time. You don't even have to agree with them. You can say, you know what, I respectfully agree to disagree with you. And we're just, you know what? I don't even have, I don't want to have anything to do with you. <laughs> that's not being unloving. That's being, sometimes being away from people is the best loving thing you can do with them. Because otherwise it just brings conflict in their life. Conflict in your life. And it doesn't mean you never fight for anything. Too many people have lived their life and listened to the fear that if they have any kind of conflict in life, they're breaking this, this problem, this sin. They have conflict with one another. You know, or something such as you confront a fellow Christian about their sins in their life. Well, if I confront them, it's going to be a source of, and it's going to break the peace. That's not what the Bible teaches. We're at peace because we're following the Scriptures. Now, if you're say, telling someone to do something that's not part of the scriptures, then, you know, like, you know what? You need to be here at the 1030 service because it's the best service. <laughs> that's not in the scriptures. It's not in there. That's just going to cause conflict. And you know what? Most people, if you tell them, you need to be here at this service, they're not going to come. Though if you invite someone, it's been shown that if you invite someone to say, come with me, people are more likely to actually come. More than if you put something out on Facebook or Twitter. More than if you have the radio program. We can have the best service here in the world. With the top artists in the world. We could have, I was about to say someone, but then you... Um, <laughs> We know who they are. Um, Todd Agnew. You guys know who he is? No? Okay, a little older, a little older. Okay, let me. We could have the Gaithers. You guys got them? We could have the Gaithers leading worship service every week. <laughs> and it still wouldn't bring people in as well as you going up to someone you know and have a good relationship with them and saying, come with me.
But it does say, but, but the Bible, peace is not just saying, okay, I accept that this is the way you are and this, I'm just going to let you be. That's not peace. That's not loving. That's just cowardness. It also is not, you know what, if, we break the, if I tell them about Jesus, I'm going to upset them and offend them. And that's not peace either. Of course, if they're a Christian, it's okay to confront someone about their sins. As long as it's biblical. If they're not a Christian, stop trying to convince them of their sins and try to tell them about Jesus. Stop. Well, a lot of times we reverse that, right? right, right. We convince the world of its sin and we try to convince Christians to come to church. That's not peace. Peace is not refusing to deal with problems. You have someone that you're, you gotta, you're forming bitterness and anger towards. That's not peace. That's going to build up. Uh, that's the opposite of completeness in your relationship. You're going to form bitterness and hatred and, and anger inside of yourself. That's not That's not peace. Peace is not ignoring issues so that it builds up within you. So there is conflict in peace. But peace is that restoration of wholeness, which sometimes you have to wrestle with, whether it be within yourself. And you have to wrestle with that and you feel tormented and confused and you have to go through that process of grief, maybe. That's how we get to peace. It restores. If it be in ourselves or it be with someone else, we restore the relationship. Now sometimes those relationships are too broken to be restored and the best thing you can do and say, until you repent of your actions, and I don't mean just saying I'm sorry, that's not repentance, changing your behavior. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just say, you know what? I have this boundary, you're not in it. And then they have to deal with themselves and find the peace with themselves. And if they want that relationship restored, they have to change themselves. Peace itself, it comes from the love of God, from the, the assurance of his pride. You know, if you open up his, from his promises, if you open up the Bible, you're going to find over 3,000 promises of God in the scriptures. You know what? Some of them are great promises. And some of them, let's call them bad, though it's not really bad. It's just not, not, not turning out the way you want it to. You know, like he promises, if you do this, I'm going to do this. Some of the promises in there apply to you. And you know what? Some of those promises have nothing to do with you. And sometimes we've been really good about claiming the ones that have nothing to do with us as our own. This is my promise. Uh, no, he was promising David that. You're not David. <laughs> but we can rely on those promises. We can rely on his promises that he says things like, I will return one day. We can rely on the promises that I give you, that I'll give you the Holy Spirit to walk with, his, with you. We can rely on his promises that he'll be interceding on our behalf so that we can have eternal life. We can rely on the promises that he uh, it will always be with us. We can rely on the promises of things like if we live according to his path, we will have a life that is better than the path that leads to destruction. Because he always keeps his promises.
And peace gives us the strength to stand when we need to stand for something. Stand for God's way. Those who say that we can have peace in decisions that are difficult. It's peace that actually drives us to go tell Jesus. We say, well, we're just going to offend them if we go tell them about Jesus. It's actually peace that drives us to, to tell them about Jesus, not through force, which has been done in our history. If you want to know more about that, come to Tuesday nights. We're about to get into that period. That's not, it's peace that drives us to tell them about Jesus' love. We want them to be complete and whole and tranquil within themselves. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed is the peacemakers. Those who bring my peace. Not to those who enforce the laws or the, the, the people that wear peacemakers on their... Sorry, peacemakers are an old gun. It used to be called the peacemaker as a revolver. That's the world's peace. Got the peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemaker, those who take Jesus Christ's world, word and love to the world that's hurting. Those who are complete with the relationship with God and letting go of bitterness and anger and hurt that's been done to them. Yes, putting up boundaries to keep you from being hurt again, that's not, but restoring that relationship. True peace, or peace requires taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness. And the world is broken. The world is full of brokenness and it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that it can be restored to wholeness. So we take a broken world and we tell them about Jesus and restore it to wholeness. We take broken relationships and we restore it to to. To, uh, to, 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 to peace. We, we, we take uh, our, our broken selves. We take our broken selves and restore them to completeness. Which, you know what that does? It takes work. Some of you have been battered and bruised for so long in your lives that restoration is going to take a lot of counseling, a lot of work, a lot of maybe reteaching. But blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who restore others. Not just the absence of conflict, but those who restore others in our relationship. So when we say shalom, we really are saying, let's live in completeness with each other, in wholeness with each other. Not as the world defines it, but only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray right now that you bring peace upon us. Lord, that we find peace within ourselves. Lord, that we find peace within our marriages, our relationships our with our children. Lord, that we find peace within the world around us. Lord, that we don't try to enforce peace, but through your love, embody peace. That, Lord, you restore relationships to completeness. Lord, and if there's one side of the party that does not want to change, I pray that you help us to set up those boundaries so that we can be at peace with ourselves and at peace with them through our distance. 
Help us to be at peace as you bring peace, not as the world brings peace, which even calls us sometime to die to ourselves, following after you. Help us to die if that's what it takes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Peace. We're going to go to a time of invitation. A time you need to, maybe it is to establish a boundary and saying, you know what, I can't live like this. We're not at peace. Maybe it's within the church. Maybe you've been guilty. Maybe there's someone who has offended you and they don't even know they've offended you. You need to go have a conversation with them. I've been there. I've offended people that I didn't even know about. You say something offhanded, it offends them. You go talk about it. Everything's right. But it's been eating them up. You need to have that conversation with someone. Maybe your next step is, I need to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I have that peace in, in his promises. That life that he promises. That when I die, there's not just the end. When I live, it's not just this. It's a life to its fullest. As we go into the time of invitation, let's just consider what are our next steps today. Praise team, why don't you come lead us? We are continuing in the service about uh, the fruits of the Spirit. It's uh, wonderful that uh, we've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit and uh, we've done talk about uh, love and joy already. And today we're talking about peace. Before we go any further, though, I want to stop. Let's have a moment of prayer. Father God, we just praise you today, Lord, to pray that you would just bless us and speak, Holy Spirit, speak within us that we may hear you and speak into our lives that we may act and grow these, these, these spirit, these fruits in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Yeah, it's how important it is. We know, if we're to be known by our fruits of the Spirit, we have to know the fruits of the Spirit. So I'm glad that uh, Pastor Manuel is memorizing it, and you guys are memorizing it too. It's going to be wonderful. And so today we're talking ourselves, we're talking about peace. And when we talk about peace, we're going to be talking about the peace of God. We're not going to be talking about the peace of the world, are we? We know this is different than the peace the world brings. Let's talk about what peace is in the Bible, huh? Let's go to the first, the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And it's a fun word, and it can be used as a greeting, shalom. It can be used as to say goodbye, shalom. It can be used as a prayer. But it can be used, but, but when you, you say the word shalom, it, we, we translate it as peace. But it has a word that means, it has this idea of completeness installed on it. We are complete. Our relationship is complete. Our, we're, we're, we're um, in a relationship that is complete. We're not just... Uh, not fighting. Because <laughs> isn't that what we think of when we think of peace, right? Not fighting. Of course, some of us, when we think of peace, we think of the piece of chocolate cake. But, um, but we think of that, that word peace, it just means not fighting for most of us. But this in the Hebrew, it has this idea that our relationship is whole. 
is healthy. You are complete. In the Greek, the word is irene. And it's, um, well, we have to think Greek mindset. The Greek mindset, it's all about an inner tranquility. It's about being at peace. If you have this inner tranquility within yourself, then you're going to show it to the world around you, and it's going to be at peace with everyone because you're you're not at war with yourself. And in the Bible, as we read the word peace, you're going to see it used several different ways, but it's used with the idea that I am complete in Christ Jesus. And I am assured of God's promises because he keeps his promises. So I can trust in his promise that of salvation. And I'm complete in that. I, and his prom, and the promise that he's going to fulfill my needs. Not your wants. And you'd be surprised at how little you actually need. A little bit of food. A little bit of water. Actually, you need water before you need food. A little bit of shelter. A little connection with someone else. You actually don't need a whole lot. We get spoiled. God, you're not filling my needs. Eh, He's not fulfilling your wants. But he fulfills our needs. We trust his promise of life. That life will be better, not materialistically better, but better down the path of life, not the path that leads to destruction. So when we think of this peace, it's this idea that we are content with our situation in life. That doesn't mean you don't try to earn a little more money. Doesn't mean you don't try to get an education. Doesn't mean you don't try to work out so you can... But you're content with wherever you're at. You're content whether you're you're, you're in a place of, of richer or poorer and health, slave or free, hurting. You're content. You got this blind whatever. You got this idea that you're, you're at peace with it. Now, when we talk about peace, let's talk about some things that's not. All right? What is it not? John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I don't give you peace the way the world gives you peace. Now let's go back in time. Let's talk about the Roman world. That's where Jesus was writing it, right? And they had what's called the Pax or Peace. Romana, Roman peace. See, the world, the Roman peace, was this idea that our government will let you live in peace as long as you keep the peace. As long as you don't cause us any trouble, you don't try to rebel, you don't try to cause, no new religions, nothing that stirs people up, nothing that's going to get people angry or uptight or have riots. We don't want none of that. Then we'll leave you alone. But if you don't, then we're going to come in and enforce the peace. We're going to enforce the peace. How are we going to enforce? We're going to use our military to do so. That's what happens to Jerusalem in AD 70. The Jews decide that they don't want to be under Roman rule anymore. And so Rome uh, brought the peace down upon them and destroyed the town. Destroyed the city, took them all away. That was peace. Because the nation's not at peace, not at war no more. The United States, we have Pax Americana now, don't we? We're all over the world uh, 
enforcing the peace with our military. How's it like to be uh, associated with the Romans in that analogy? Doesn't make me feel very good. But in that analogy, we have more in common with the Romans than we do with the Christians. And Jesus says, I'm not going to give you that kind of peace, that kind of peace that, that is all about um, forcing peace upon others. It's not about my peacemaker. Peacemaker used to be a, we- uh, uh, a weapon they used to wear in the westerns. Revolver. Peace is not that. Peace also is not being uh, uh, avoidant. You know, um, Romans twelve eighteen says, "If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone." You know what that also means? You're not going to be at peace with everybody. Um, it doesn't mean you never fight. That's not what peace means in the. the It says, we stand up for what is right and his righteousness. Too many people believe the lie, listen to the fear that if I I confront a fellow Christian about sin in their lives, that I'm going to break the peace. That's not biblical. That's not biblical peace. We've been called to call out, to to talk to one another and, and correct one another. Now, it has to be biblical. It can't be, oh, well, you've got to come to the 1030 service at Laughlin Community Church, otherwise you're not a Christian. Because it's the best service? That's not in the Bible. That's not there. But you can call people out on their sins. Now, a lot of times what we do is we call out non-Christians. That's not what I'm saying. Call out other Christians. Let's worry about non-Christians. Let's worry about them accepting Jesus. You can't, you can't say, well, you're not a Christian, so you need to obey the rules of Christ because... I, I guess it ends with because. Because I want you to. Because it's better for you. Let's worry about Jesus Christ. And if we confront them... We, we say, well, they're going to get angry with me. And, you know, or if I tell them about Jesus, they're going to get upset. And they may not be my friend no more. And that's going to break the peace. I'm not going to give you the statistics on how many Christians tell people about Jesus. Break your heart. Too many times we've said, well, I'll just invite them to church. And now it's not even I'll invite them. I'll post that on Twitter, you know, on my Facebook. I'll come to church on Facebook. I'm not even going to talk to you. You know, it's actually been shown that uh, people are more likely to come to church if you personally say, come with me to church. More so than anything I could do. We could have... I tried this in the first service, and I couldn't. And I, I finally settled on the Gaithers because I, I kept having to go back in years. The Gaithers, we could have the Gaithers leading our music every Sunday, and it still wouldn't bring people into church as much as you go into someone and say, "Come with me." Peace. Peace is, is not about saying, well, you know what? I don't want to cause problems, so I'm going to stuff in my emotions. That's not peace. You know what that does? When we just stuff down our emotions because we don't want to upset, it just calls up bitterness and anger and jealousies, and, and, and then you're not at peace with yourself. And you know what? You say, well, at least it's just with myself. It will always leak out. Some of you are leakers and it comes out like, like, like sarcasm. And, and little things where you just, you just, you just leak. Some of you are just, it just bottles up until you burst out. And then you end up punching someone and then you end up in jail. 
you know, going postal. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just building. That bitterness will come out. Peace is not not dealing with things. If you've got an issue with someone, you need to go to them and, and deal with them in peace. And you know what? Sometimes the best thing you can say is, you know what? We're not going to agree. And you know, sometimes you can say, you know what? You've hurt me. And sometimes you can say, well, you know, you're wrong. And you know, that's peace too. Because we're bringing peace to the relationship. And sometimes the best way you can bring a peace to a relationship, a wholeness to the relationship, is to say, you know what? This is my boundary and you're not part of it. And it breaks our heart. Well, we should be at, at, at one with everybody. We should like everybody. Bible does not say you should like everybody. The Bible does not say, it says you should love everybody as yourself. That means, if, and you got parts of yourself you don't like either, so you cut it out, right? <laughs> it says put to death the things that cause you to sin, right? It says put to death. It would be better to cut off your right hand. If there's someone in your life that's leading you down a path that you don't know is not right, sometimes the best thing you need to do is cut it out. Now, peace, peace is, is, a, is a thing that brings us joy in our life. It flows from the love of Christ that we have Christ who gives us a, a life that leads to its fullness. And that peace, we have contentment in our life. No matter where we're at, we can be content. But that doesn't mean we have to stop striving for better. But we can be content. You can be joyful. Peace comes from the fact that we can trust the promises of God. You know, if you open your Bibles, there are over 3,000 promises of God. You know what? And some of those are great promises. And some of them we don't like so much. You know, like if you do this, I'm going to do this in response. I just want you to be nice, God. He said, well, I was nice. I told you. Some of those promises apply to you. And some of them don't. You know, we're really good about it. I want to claim that promise for myself. And, and God's like, you know what? I was actually talking to David there. Not you. But some of those promises do apply to you. And we can trust these promises. The promises that apply to us, we can trust that they're going to be. We can trust things like he's going to return someday. And we can trust that he says, I've gone to prepare a, a place for you. We can trust that he says, I've got uh, a, a life that leads away from destruction. Not just when you die, but now you follow the path that leads to righteousness and leads to life. And you'll be healthier and You can trust that. And I don't mean physically healthy. Sometimes we get sick. Spiritually healthy. That's what I'm going with. Spiritually healthy. Got to clarify. We can trust the promise of salvation. We can trust the promise that he will always be beside you. That when he sent the Holy Spirit to be beside us, that one who comes up beside us, we can trust that that one who becomes beside us is there living with us now. We can trust that God will be with us when we go and have those difficult conversations that yes may end a relationship when you say I want you to accept Jesus Christ or I want you to do better not I want you to be the version of Christianity I think but the biblical one 
I, gotta, I keep re- repeating that. I've heard too many Christians say, this is what Christianity is. It's not in the Bible. Read your Bibles. If it's not in the Bible, then don't call someone to do it. <laughs> and when we're dealing with peace... The most important thing we can do is be at peace with ourselves. And some of us are at war with ourselves. We're at war within ourselves because maybe sin. We haven't dealt with a relationship. We haven't dealt with something in our own lives. We're causing that, that guilt. And you know you're being guilty. You know you're feeling guilty. You got that it's in my gut kind of feeling. You know, in the ancient world, you know, we say our emotions are in our heart. Theirs was in their gut. Because that's where you feel it, right? That gut. You got that guilt. You got that I'm in knots kind of when I'm, you know. We got that. Feeling so you know that there's a sin in your life that you're not dealing with and it's it's tearing you up and it's stopping you from the peace of God. And so you've been sinned against. And you know what? You cannot change someone else. You cannot fix them. You cannot say, I want to be at peace with you, and therefore we're gonna be at peace whether you like it or not you cannot do that sometimes you need to say that I want this completeness within myself so I'm going to have to let you go because you hurt me I'm going to have to let you go and you know what and we want that peace within our own relationships. So we want peace. So we have to say, I want wholeness. I want completeness in our relationships. So sometimes we look for restoration. And someone says, you know what? I can't restore. You hurt me too bad. I can't. You know what you're going to have to do? Respect that. And we can't change someone else. Sometimes we have to look and say, is that relationship... Did I break the relationship? And I need to be at peace with them, but I might be breaking the relationship. You know what? I need to change myself. And I don't mean just, when I say repent, I don't just mean say I'm sorry. That don't get you nowhere. I meant repent and change my ways. So there might have been something that broke that relationship that was because I was unhealthy. I did something wrong. And you know what, if I don't repent of that, why should that restoration happen? And Jesus calls us to repent of our sins. He doesn't just call us to say, you don't get up every day and say, I'm sorry, God. That's not what the Bible teaches you. The Bible actually doesn't say, well, you just, just every day get up and say, I'm sorry, and it's all Okay. The Bible tells us to go like the woman. He wrote on the word, ground and he looked at her and said, go, sin no more. And he looks at us and he says, I know you've got your problems, but I want you to go and sin no more. And we've got to sometimes clean ourselves up. If we want to be at peace with others, we've got to clean ourselves up. And you know what? Sometimes those relationships we can't make whole again. We just got to say, I'm at peace. I'm broken. They're broken. I don't want to have them in my life right now. That's what, you know, sometimes the best way you can be at peace with someone is say, you know what? This is my boundary, and I don't want you in it. Unless you go through the process of repentance, then I don't want you in that boundary. And you know what? That's okay too. Peace is not saying I get along with everybody. Peace is not saying that, well, we just, we just, I just accept you for who you are and whatever you're doing. It's okay. That's not peace. That's not the peace of God. 
peace of God is about restoring those relationships. Is, is, true peace is, requires taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness. Whether it's in our own lives, the relationships around us, or in the world around us. Taking it, making it whole. And you know what the Bible says about peacemakers? Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God blessed are the peacemakers not blessed are those who go out with the sword and enforce a a false peace blessed are those who help bring people to wholeness and completeness that's why blessed are those who go and tell others about Jesus Because they're bringing the peace. Not by force, which we as Christians have been guilty upon. If you want to know more about that, you can come on Tuesday nights. We've been going through church history and we're in that period. Blessed are those who tell others about Christ. Blessed are those who bring wholeness to relationships. Blessed are those who bring peace in their own lives through getting rid of sin in their lives. Blessed are those who don't hurt others to get their way. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be the ones that are called children of God. And the hard thing about being a peacemaker is it doesn't mean I get to stay back in my pew and get ignore and ignore everything around me because I'm just bringing the peace. Because if I say something, I'm going to be... Uh, I mean, if I say something, I'm just going to be mad and they're going to get mad and I'm just... It's just... No, that's not peacemaking either. That's ignoring the issues. Maybe it's being lazy or a coward. One of the two. Blessed are the peacemakers who bring God's peace to the world, bring wholeness. Blessed are those who strive to bring God's peace, completeness. Father God, right now I praise you, Lord. I pray that you bring peace upon us. Lord, I know that there are people in in us that are are at war with themselves. Lord, I pray that you bring peace upon them, Lord. Lord, help them rid the bitterness, the anger, the the fear, the frustration that, that wars within them, that rages like a sea. Help us to bring your peace. Help us to bring peace to those who are with that are are, are with, with, without power that are that are hurting and being hurt and finding no justice in this world that they are being hurt. Help us to bring your peace. Help us to bring peace to the world through your blood. That even requires that maybe we follow your lead and sacrifice ourselves. Help us to bring your peace. Help us to die to ourselves. That we may follow after you. Let us be children of God. As you say, blessed is the peacemaker. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go to a time of invitation. What are my next steps? Maybe you're at war within yourself. There's something going on that you need to solve the issue. Cut it out of your life. And you know what? You're not supposed to do it alone. Reach out. Get in community.
You need to be at peace with yourself. Maybe someone has hurt you and you need to set up healthy boundaries unless they repent and change their ways. But you also got to let go of that bitterness and that rage and that hate and that anger. Because it's nothing, it's not peace within you. It's just bringing up anger. It's just hurting you. Set up those healthy boundaries. Maybe someone has offended you. You know, they don't even know they've offended you. I know that's happened to me once or twice or a billion times. Because I don't catch on to social cues. I've been told that's one of my issues. And I don't recognize that I've hurt someone's feelings until they come to me and say, you know, this really hurt. We can work it out. But they may not know. And if you just sit there raging about it, well, they don't care. They don't know about it. You're just hurting yourself. So maybe your next step is, I need to go to someone and say, you know what, we need to talk. And you know, maybe they're not ready to listen. And you say, okay, this is what's going on. And you come back to them a week later, let them cool down a little bit. You know what peacemaking does? It doesn't mean you can just stay in your pew. Blessed are the peacemakers doesn't, mean, doesn't say blessed are the pew sitters. So maybe your next step is to say, you know what, I know that it may offend someone, but I'm going to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ that's going to bring a peace to their life that's so much more than what they're being offered right now. So your next step may be, I'm going to tell them about Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that next step. Maybe your next step right now is to say, I need to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I want that peace that passes all understanding. That in a time of persecution, I can be at peace. Even in the sense of, of, of hurt, I can be at peace. I need to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That's your next step. I'll tell you what's going to happen is I, I'm going to be over here. If you need to come, please come. You, I'll pray over you. We'll, we'll sit and we'll talk about accepting Christ. We can sign you up for baptism. We can sign you up to be a member of the local church. I'll be right over here. We're going to stab. We're going to sing a song.